Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Something you don't have to do, but this is something I like to lead us in doing. It's kind of fun and it's faith-filled. So let's hold up our Bibles and let's make this declaration loud and proud. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, Facebookers, did you do that with me? If you watch us regularly, you know I do that. I hope you did. Don't just be a couch potato. Lean in. Come on, get your Bible out. Go with me. What promise has God made to you and brought to pass in your life? I'm sure all of us have some. I want to share some. They're not a secret. I put the question out there on Facebook and I got some responses. Our very own Marsha Queen said, our own home. We've been it two years now and we can look back at over the last two years before that and we can see now just exactly how God has protected us, guided us, and provided for us in the journey to our home. Amen. Uh, Jackie Williams, she's in Virginia today. She said, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I will be a fruitful vine. I will surround my husband and be his helpmate. I will live in a house I did not build. He clothes me. He supplies all my needs. His peace is deep down inside me. He loves me with an everlasting love. He sticks closer than a brother. He surrounds me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Can you say amen? I'm going to get her down here to preach a message. She sounds like she's got some preaching in her. Uh, Our own Billy Queen, Billy Sticks, the drummer, he said, I'm nothing more than a work in progress. I can agree with that. Humble. I meant for myself. (laughs) Humble. (laughs) Humble before his mighty majesty and power, yet progress in me continues daily still after 36 years of flubs, mistakes, missteps, and embarrassments. Until the day I meet Jesus, he will graciously perfect the work in me he so lovingly started. Can you say amen? And that's from the scriptures. Anita Lynn, she attends our TKK campus, and she lost her husband a few months ago to COVID. This is what she said. This is the promise that God gave her. God said to her, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41.10. She says, since Bill's passing, God has met me at every turn where fear has tried to creep in. His death changed my dreams, my lifestyle, my love life, and my finances. On God and God only, I rely. How do I know God 
will keep his promises. How do I know God will see me through, get me through difficult times? In a word, the answer, covenant. Come on, say that with me. Covenant. Or for our sake and the series that we've been on, a contract. We've been on this series. This is the fourth week now, and we're calling it Under Contract. And the subtitle is Understanding Our Covenant with God Through Christ. I want us to be encouraged. I want us to be strengthened. I want for us to be reminded that God is faithful, that God is integrous, that God doesn't go back on his word, that you can depend on him. He's reliable. He's immovable. He's unshakable. Can you say amen? I was driving down the road a couple of days ago, and I heard this song. I like music. I like song and expression of song. And I was listening to this music, and it was a voice that I thought I was familiar with. How many of you ever heard of Danny Gokey? He came on one of these talent shows a few years back. Now he's, he's a recording artist. He's a Christian recording artist. And I recognize his voice with, with two other guys. And it was a really good song. And it was really, really encouraging. It was all about God's faithfulness. It was all about when we're going through hard times, when we're going through difficulty, we have to remember because God is who he said he is, everything is going to be all right. Amen. And this song is so cool. There's three guys and there's this one guy who starts putting down a rap right? I like rapping. Don't, don't look at me like I'm that old, okay? I like rapping, right? But here's the thing. He started rapping in Spanish. My, my last name is Rosales. I'm Hispanic, but I can only order Mexican food in Spanish. That's about as far as it goes. So I'm listening to the words, and I'm catching a word or two, but, but it's a pretty long rap, and it's, it's like he's praying to God, and I catch some of the words, but I couldn't catch them all. And my wife helped me to find a translation. And I want to read to you what he's rapping in prayer now. And then I'm going to show you this video. And we're going to hear this song. But this is what he's rapping in prayer. Father, I confess to you with an open heart that everything is very uncertain in this desert. My vulnerability is exposed. I feel that my boat is very far from its port. Why is it that the sun no longer rises in my days? Why are my nights so cold? Why do I feel like I'm missing something? Why does this gray road feel so long? I know you're working even if I don't feel you, even if I don't see you. I know I'm going to get out of this difficult journey. I know I'm going to win this fight. I know this temporary tide is going to stop. I know that in you, I will live an extraordinary life. Although I can't understand, it comforts me to know that everything will be all right. Let's watch this video and just listen to the lyrics with an open heart, and then I'll come back and we'll continue our message. There's a name that can silence every fear. There's a love that embraces the heartache, the pain, and the tears. Through my faith and my doubting, I know one thing for sure. His word is unfailing. His promise secure Don't know what's that again Everything will be alright 
hands Your whole world's in his hands In the darkness and the trials He's faithful and he is true The whole world's in his hands You don't lost time yet Oh, oh, oh. Everything will be alright Oh, oh, oh. Father, you say everything's gonna be alright But my circumstances say I won't last through the night I need your word to hold me now, I need you to pull me through I need a miracle, a breakthrough, I need you They say you hold the whole universe in your hand But my world's falling apart like it is made of sand Am I small enough to slip through the cracks? Can you take my broken pieces and put them back? Give me faith, you believe you are on my side Open my eyes to see you working in my life let the past remind me you'd never fail and tell my soul it is well oh. y todo va a estar bien everything will be alright the whole world's in his hands your whole world's in his hands in the darkness in the trials he's faithful and he's true your whole world's in his hands yes God You don't know I started yet Everything Oh, oh Everything will be alright Oh, oh Don't I started yet Oh, oh Everything will be alright Oh, oh, oh Yeah Padre, te confieso a corazón abierto que todo es muy incierto en este desierto Mi vulnerabilidad está al descubierto Siento que mi barca está muy lejos de su puerto ¿Por qué será que ya no sale el sol en mis días? ¿Por qué mis noches son tan frías? ¿Por qué será que siento que me falta algo? ¿Por qué este camino gris se siente tan largo? Sé que está sobrando aunque no te sienta Sé que está sobrando aunque no te vea Sé que voy a salir de esta odisea Sé que voy a ganar esta pelea Sé que va a cesar esta marea temporaria Que en ti yo viviré una vida extraordinaria Que aunque no pueda entender Me consuela saber que Todo, yo sé que Todo va a estar bien Todo va a estar bien Everything will be alright The whole world's in his hands Your whole In the trials, he's faithful and he's true. Your whole world's in his hands. You don't want to start again. Oh, 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 everything will be alright. Everything will be alright. Oh, 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 yeah. Don't want to Oh, oh, everything will be alright. Oh. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. Todo el mundo en su mano está. Todo el mundo en su mano está. Todo el mundo en su mano está.
There's this one line in this song. Did you like that? Anybody else like it besides Matthew? Right? Such a good song. There's this one line where he keeps, they keep saying, Todo está bien. Todo está bien. Come on, say it with me. Todo está bien. That means everything's going to be all right. You know, the Bible says in Romans 8.28, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and to those who have been called according to his purpose. How can we depend on God? We can depend on God because he's given us a covenant. He's given us a contract in the blood of Jesus. That's a big Bible word. It's over 250 times in the Bible, and it's simply defined as a contract, a pledge, a treaty, or an agreement. And the more that we understand Bible covenant, the more that we'll begin to build our confidence, our faith, our expectation in this covenant-keeping God. So we've been on this journey, and this is the third part of a title that we're saying, the anatomy of a blood covenant. The anatomy meaning the different parts of a blood covenant. And our, and our kind of our fundamental theme text is in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. I want to keep reading it to kind of keep seeding the ground of our hearts so we understand where this is coming from. Now, there's so much in Hebrews and especially in this context, but let me just remind you, Hebrews is written to Jewish Christians who felt like they were receiving so much pressure for the, for, from the unbelieving world that they wanted to give up their faith. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, God's faithful. God's dependable. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Your faith will stay strong if you stay with a covenant-keeping God that he is. And in Hebrews 6, 17 through 19, he talks about this promise that came to pass for this man named Abraham. And he talks about why Abraham saw it come to pass. And it had to do with this promise and this guarantee or this oath that God made to him. And this is what it says. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, listen, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, the unchangeable things are the promise of God and the oath or the blood covenant that God made to guarantee the promise that he made in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It's talking about keeping our faith in Jesus because he's our covenant representative. Now, what I want us to remember as we're getting started, that there's four parts to a blood covenant ceremony. There's the covenant terms, the terms of the contract. There's a covenant length. How long is the contract? And then there's a covenant site. Where did the covenant take place? All of these are important. And then there's the covenant representative. If you've missed any of that, go back, grab the podcast from our website, or you can see one of the messages on my Facebook feed. I want to also encourage you, Use this study guide. Our senior pastor went to great lengths to, to write this out, to, to put all the supporting scriptures and texts. There's a place in here to go deeper. There's a place in here to answer questions. This is a tool that will help you grow deep, 
roots in your faith to God. I also want to point you back to this book. This is a book that his brother, who's a pastor in California, wrote. It's called God Swears to Keep His Promises. By the way, the scripture says of God that he swore to himself because there was nobody greater that he could swear by. God swears to keep his promises. This book is a supplement to this teaching. This is a 22 message lesson. And we took it down to 10. There's a lot of things, insight, revelation, heartfelt things that God will show you. I'm on chapter six. It's so, so good. I'm glad that I picked it up and I'm reading it. So let's keep moving forward. When a covenant agreement is made, there are ceremonial commitments that are made. And I want to look in Genesis chapter 17, and we're going to read a story about Abraham and God, and this is going to take us to the sixth out of nine ceremonial covenant commitments, and we're going to finish them up today. Genesis 17, 1 through 8, the Bible says, when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless, mature. Perfect. Grow in your relationship with me. Verse 2, and I will make a covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, A-B-R-A-M, but your name shall be Abraham, A-B-R-A-H-A-M. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. Listen, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Did you know that you're a spiritual descendant after Abram? Study it out. Verse 8. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Can somebody say covenant? Okay, look at verse 5. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. Abraham. This is the sixth ceremonial commitment. The exchange of names. Say that with me. The exchange of names. Often in a covenant ceremony, one or both parties will take a part of the other party's name. This is not unfamiliar to us. Come on, somebody finish this off for me. Time blank cable. Time warner, right? How about when adults, people get married, right? Normally, customarily, the bride takes on her husband's name. Okay, so in a covenant exchange, there would be these exchange of names. And they would say something like this, the covenant promise. You bear my name and I yours. We are forever 
one. Now, let me just give you some insight here. Not real deep, but just enough to get a glance and you can go back and study more. This time that God visited Abram, he changed both his and his wife's name by inserting an H into their names. Abram became Abraham and Sarai became Sarah. Hebrew scholars see this as very significant because the number five is the number of grace and H-E-H, he, the Hebrew word or the Hebrew letter is both the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet and the letter that represents God as Yahweh, Y-A-H-W-E-H. When all of this is considered, Hebrew scholars agree that God inserted a part of his own name into Abram's and Sarai's as a way of committing himself to his covenant and to show his grace both in and through them from that point on. Can somebody say God is awesome? Wow, this is so powerful. Now think about this when it applies to the name of Jesus, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. By the way, if you read that portion of scripture, this is talking about after he went to the cross, after he died, after he was buried, after he was resurrected, and after he ascended. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Say highly exalted. Jesus, and bestowed on him, listen, the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Now, I want you to see a connection, but before I show you the connection, look at the words highly exalted. Highly exalted is the Greek word hooper. Upsao. Hooper Upsao. It's important. It's a compound word. The first part, Hooper. H-U-P-E-R. And that means over. Over. And the second part of the word, Hoopso. H-U-P-S-O. It means to lift up. To lift up. To lift up and over. The word defines an exaltation to the highest position. An elevation above all others. Can you say amen? I want you to think about that. Think about the name of Jesus and this covenant relationship you have with God through Jesus. And when you said yes to Jesus, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who is in Christ has a brand new identity. Brand new identity. Ephesians 5 says that we are the bride of Christ. One with him. Remember, in marriage, usually the bride takes the groom's last name. We are the bride of Christ. We are Christians. Amen. We are Christ followers. And Revelation 2.17 says that when you get there and you see the Lord face to face, you're going to receive a new name in heaven. Listen, all throughout the Bible, God gives people new names to identify the purpose and the promise that he has prophetically declared over their lives that's going to come to pass. When God looks at you, when God looks at me in Christ, he doesn't see your old sinful self. Can you say amen? He sees the new you. He sees the new me. He probably sees the new prophetic heavenly name that he's already given us in this covenant exchange. 
the exchange of names. Come on. Is anybody else excited about this besides me? This is so, so good. So the exchange of names. God inserted his name into Abram and he became Abraham. The grace and the covenant of God on his life. Number seven, the blessing and cursing. So in this ceremony of uh, the ceremonial commitments, there would be a blessing and a cursing time. And once where vows were exchanged, the blood was mingled and permanent marks. Remember, we talked about scars initiated. The benefits, or we could say the blessings of remaining in the covenant, as well as the detriments, or we could say the curses from breaking the covenant were read and recorded. And and the representative would say something like this. All that I am and all that I own is now at your disposal. I am your ally. And I promise to support, defend, and bless you every way. However, if you break this covenant, I will become your enemy. And I will use all that I have to bring you and your generations to ruin. Now, in a sense, this is a focal point of this whole series. This is to help us understand God's desire for us to be confident in the integrity of his promises to those who belong to him, as well as the consequences for those who reject him and reject the person of Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 8 has a whole chapter that lists blessings and curses in the old covenant with Israel. And it's important to know this because the Bible says that you and I in Christ are part of a better covenant. Come on, somebody say better covenant, right? And then we can understand in Paul's writing in the New Testament, Ephesians 1.3, one of the most powerful verses in the Bible, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, listen, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, this is not a trick question when it says, who has blessed us, has. What tense is that? Come on, what tense is it? Past tense. When did he bless us in Christ? He blessed us in Christ when Christ was was crucified and when he died and when he resurrected, the blessing was there. And then when we said yes and we came into a supernatural relationship with him, you pass from death to life. The blessings in Christ in all of the unseen spiritual realm became part of your life. You're adopted. You're accepted in the beloved. You're made to live according to the praise of his glory. He loves you. You went from a sinner to a saint. You've been redeemed. By the precious blood of the Lamb, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You're not only going to go to heaven, but while you're living on earth, you've got the power and the help of heaven every single day of your life. These blessings belong to you. No more curses. Blessings in Jesus. Come on, say it. I am blessed. Come on, say it. I'm blessed. You're blessed. That doesn't mean stuff. That means power to live with the life of God flowing in you and on you and on your life and on your family and on your marriage. God's blessing is on you. Here's the eighth ceremonial commitment. Number eight, establish a memorial. And one of the common memorials that was used in the Bible was rocks or stones 
and there's some others, but just for time's sake, either a huge pile would be assembled in a prominent place as a memorial. God did something there, or we made a covenant there, or one large stone would be engraved with the names of each party in the covenant, and some of the terms of the agreement would be, and the symbolism would be, uh, this agreement is written in stone. And both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Stones and rocks are metaphors for Christ and his bride, us. For example, Matthew says, 2142, Christ is the stone that the builder rejected. 1 Peter 2.5 says, we are living stones that make up the spiritual temple. Now, anybody have any idea what the primary symbols or memorial objects that we can look to in the New Covenant, in the New Testament? The first one is the cross. Can somebody say amen? The cross, the wood, that's a, that's symbol, symbolic. It's a memorial. How about the empty grave where the blood covenant was ratified and activated when Jesus was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit? So you've got these three living elements. Think about it in covenant terms. You've got the scars and you've got the names that you've exchanged and you've got these memorials Why? All of these are intentionally designed to keep the blood covenant alive and active as if both parties were saying, I haven't changed. I'm still saying the same thing today that I did when I stood in the blood and took this blood covenant oath with you. Can you say amen? It was forever and it was serious. Blood covenants all over the scripture. So we're just going to increase our faith as we realize that we're in a covenant with God. Here's the ninth ceremonial commitment. And this is powerful. Once all of the commitments are made, a meal is prepared to commemorate the agreement and the arrangement. And the two primary elements for this covenant meal were bread and wine. And these are universally the same in most cultures. I'm going to have the worship team come to the platform because we're going to sing one last song in just a moment. But don't lose focus. Let me finish this off. Listen, the covenant meal, the bread represents the physical body of the covenant representative. He's saying this represents and symbolizes all that I am on the outside physically. The wine represents the blood, sometimes mixed with real blood in some cultures, symbolizing, listen, all that I am on the inside. And so the covenant representatives would make a declaration, something like this. I'm eating this meal, recognizing that we are now one together, inside and out. You are in me, and I I'm in you. Now, I want you to think about this. This was God's intention. In the Old Testament, in Exodus chapter 23, Moses, he instituted the feast of unleavened bread so that Israel would never forget God's covenant to them in Egypt. God promised them then, when he saw the blood on their doorpost, He would make sure that judgment passed over them. And instead, listen, they would be delivered. They would be protected. They would be provided for. 
and brought into the land promised to Abram. Do you remember that? Exodus chapter 12. Now, fast forward with me to the New Testament because Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record Jesus upgrading the old covenant Passover meal to the new covenant, promising that he would become the lamb slain to provide the blood covering for our sin and the covenant, and in his body, we could receive healing and restoration as well. Let's hold up our elements together, okay? This is a challenge for a lot of Christians. There's no relevancy a lot of times for the communion meal. Now, I don't know what kind of a Christian experience you might have. This may be very relevant to you, so I don't mean to be condemning in any way. I just know that sometimes we don't see the significance and the relevance of this wafer and this juice. And when you keep it connected to covenant, and you keep it connected to everything that we've been studying, and then you see how covenant is sprinkled all over the Old Testament, and then you look in the New Testament at 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three to 26, the Apostle Paul's writing, and he says this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. Now listen, this is covenant talk, covenant language, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper saying, this cup, listen, listen, is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Listen, for as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Let me say it this way, his covenant until he comes back and takes his bride to be with him forever. Christ is in the Father. You are in Christ. He is in you. Because of covenant, you're one together with him. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's promised to protect you, to provide for you, to fight for you, to stand up for you. He's made promises to supply for you, to bring healing to you, to bring restoration to you. Jesus shed his blood as our covenant representative. And he says, this is a new covenant. He takes the bread and he says, listen, this represents my body. It's broken for you. And then he takes the juice and says, this is representative of my blood that's being shed for you. The new covenant blood that's being shed for you. When you take it, don't take it lightly. Take it with confidence. Take it with celebration. Take it remembering who you are in me. And I'm in you. And I'm with you. And I'm backing you. And no matter what it looks like in this world, God is faithful. Let's take this together. If you feel comfortable enough to do it.
Let's take this bread that represents his body. And this juice that represents the shed blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. If you feel comfortable, let's drink it together. I'm going to pray for us. Facebook, stay engaged. I'm going to pray for you. And then after my prayer, we're going to sing one last song and just as a response to God in worship. And then our service will be over. Father, we thank you for the new covenant through Jesus. We thank you that the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. So I declare healing and restoration over every person who's struggling with sickness. Over every person who's struggling with COVID-19 or any of the ramifications left over from COVID-19. I declare healing and restoration over our Lakeshore Gastonia family. Father, I thank you that you're healing Joey Williams totally and completely. Father, I thank you that you're healing Vinny Gandolfo totally and completely. Father, I thank you for continued restoration and strength in Meg Sherwood. Father, I thank you for continued restoration in Maurice. Lord, I thank you that you're a God who heals. You're a God who mends. You're a God who restores. Lord, I speak healing and restoration over Joanne Webb. Father, everyone and anyone, part of our Lakeshore family across all three of our campuses, we declare healing and restoration. And Father, I thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. I thank you that because of his blood, we've been saved. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are pure. We are holy. We are forgiven. We're perfected in Christ. Holy Spirit, thank you for shaping us and molding us and helping us to live in a way that honors and glorifies our great King. Father, we love you and we honor you. Receive this last worship song as a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.